Turn with me in your Bibles to page 663. Page 663. We're going to read together from Ecclesiastes 12. We'll read the whole chapter with a focus on the verses 9 through 11. Page 663. And before we read these words, let's ask the Lord for a blessing upon them. Shall we pray? Gracious God and Heavenly Father, before us now stand your word. And on these pages of Scripture are truth so precious, light so powerful, grace so, so wonderful that they transform the hearts of those who hear them, who embrace them, who internalize them, who live them out. And so we ask, Heavenly God and Father, may we be such a people tonight. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to believe the riches of your grace in Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Ecclesiastes 12, we'll start at verse 1. Hear the word of God. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong men are bent, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed, and the doors of the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way, the almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it vanity of vanity says the preacher all is vanity in other words of our text it's 9 10 and 11 Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. And now here are the words for tomorrow morning's message. My son, beware of anything beyond these, of making many books there is no end, and much study is weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. As for the reading of God's holy word, again, our text is the verses 9, 10, and 11 from Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we come to the end of 2022, and now take a moment to reflect on the year that's been. Uh, we do well, for as one wise man said, uh, a life that is, is unexamined, unreflected on, is a life wasted. If we don't learn, if we don't think upon where the Lord has led us, how the Lord has worked in our lives, what the Lord has been saying to us within His creation, within His Word, if we're not attentive to his speech towards us, then we are fools. 
And it is good that we should take some time, therefore, to look back on the year that's been and ask ourselves, what is it that the Lord has taught us in 2022? That is, in sense, what the book of Ecclesiastes is about. Obviously not about 2022. It's not a reflection on this past year. It is a book with many uh, familiar, I think a lot of us uh, will, will recognize some of the phrases, some of the verses of Ecclesiastes, uh, a, a book with pithy statements and familiar sayings, but one that is extremely difficult to interpret, very difficult to explain. Just consider for a moment the author of Ecclesia who wrote Ecclesiastes. You will say to me, well, that's easy, surely. Uh, it must be Solomon. After all, it says at the very beginning of Ecclesiastes chapter 1 that the preacher, and by the way, the reason uh, the word, the Hebrew word here is translated as preacher is because it's the book of Ecclesiastes. The word can also be translated teacher, but it's translated preacher because it is a book written to the church. That's what Ecclesiastes means. It's just a a version of the word ecclesia or ecclesia, the Greek word for church. It's a word to the church, and if a word is brought to the church, it's brought by a preacher. And this preacher is the son of David, king in Jerusalem. So you say, well, it's easy. It's Solomon, except it's probably not. Not because that isn't a reference to Solomon, uh, but because when Solomon identifies himself, he calls himself Solomon. He doesn't call himself the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And there are a number of other reasons for why it's unlikely that Solomon wrote this book. That's just one of the many examples of how difficult it is to understand exactly what's going on in this book. But what we do know is that it's a book with with the big questions of life in mind. With the biggest questions of life in some respect in mind. It wants to ask, it wants to help us ask, what's the point What's the point of anything? What's the point of everything? What's the meaning of life? What's the reason you have for getting up in the morning? What's the reason for coming to church on a Saturday night? What's the reason for coming to church on a Sunday morning? What's the reason for living, for marrying, for having children, for anything? Why? Why do anything at all? There's this initial search in the book of Ecclesiastes for meaning under the sun. That phrase is repeated several times throughout the book, which is to say that the teacher or the preacher of this book, the one who wrote it, sought for meaning in the things of the earth, in the worldly temporal realities of our existence. And what he discovers is that life under the sun has the same substance and meaning as the residue of a soap bubble you pop. Sometimes when it's the summer and the grandkids are over, then we take out soap bubbles and we sit in the backyard and we make these big bubbles. And then you pop one. And what's left is what's left in this life for meaning. That's how much meaning life has. There is no meaning under the sun. But when life is lived above the sun, or at least with a focus of above the sun. That is, when life is lived in the favor of the Creator, the sustainer of life, the one who redeems people by His grace, when life is lived with a focus not on the temporal, not on this earthly, but on the eternal, on the, on the blessedness that is in store for us, then not only is life meaningful, 
It is wonderfully enjoyable. It's full of blessing and thanksgiving. Which is to say that the book of Ecclesiastes is a book of wisdom that, that teaches us, that shows us how to make sense of this world, how to live in it with joy and purpose, which I hope makes you appreciate why this book is so important for every age of the church's history, but certainly for our own. Martin Luther is said to have once, or is once said to have uh, uh, encouraged everyone to read the book of Ecclesiastes every day of their lives. Every day read the book of Ecclesiastes because it will help you see the real meaning, purpose, and significance of life. How much don't we need Uh, this book and its wisdom to help us navigate the challenges of life. But now we're thinking about 2022 and we're asking ourselves, what can we learn? What can we take from it? And let me suggest to you that the teacher gives us a way to do that when he closes his book by saying, besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight and uprightly he wrote the words of truth. These words come, as you might, might, might think, as a, um, as a bit of a postscript, an editorial comment. Um, uh, we often have it nowadays with uh, books when you buy them, uh, or at least this is what I do when I buy a book. I flip it over. First thing, look at the back. I want to know about the author. I want to know what are their experiences, what, what are their abilities, what gives them credentials, why should I be listening to them? Why should I read this book? You've got to read about who the author is. Well, that's, that's what's happening here. It's the very end of the book. Uh, all has been said, and it's not been a very encouraging thing in many respects. Vanity of vanities. That's how the book begins uh, in chapter 1, verse 2. And that's how the book ends in chapter 12, verse 8. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. So those are the two bookends for this entire book. And now that we're done the book... Uh, the, 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 the author says, well, let me tell you about why you should listen to me. And that's a good uh, question to ask. It's a good question to answer. Why should we listen to this particular teacher? Uh, especially given that his credentials don't seem all that impressive, at least not at first glance. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. That is a description that can be added to under the name of countless uh, writers in history, countless teachers and preachers in history, that can be under the names of, of people that we listen to ourselves now. You could, you could say this about somebody like Jordan Peterson, surely. Jordan Peterson seems, doesn't he, a wise man, and he certainly weighs knowledge and teaches people and studies and arranges things with great care. We might think to that, to that end of, of, of even broader uh, uh, names, bigger names like Richard Dawkins, uh, uh, Joe Rogan, maybe we listen to his podcast. These are all men for whom this description uh, would at least in some quarters, in some portions of this world, be acceptable. That's exactly who these men are. They are wise and they teach people and they've sought how to explain things very well and isn't that very good. And indeed, it's worth noting 
that in our world, and indeed in 2022, and at the end of 2022, it is these voices that challenge us also to see the world, to see the year in a particular way. There are these wise men, these, these speakers who say, here's what you need to know about 2022. They help us understand what the year has been like. So what distinguishes our preacher, our teacher, from the modern versions of the same? To answer that, you really have to study the entire book of Ecclesiastes because you have to understand what counts as wisdom. You see, the preacher says, or the, the, the uh, editorial says, besides being wise, the preacher also taught wisdom, we might say. What does it mean that he was wise? What does it mean that he taught wisdom? Well, if wisdom is only practical living, being successful, finding the good way, then there's no difference about this preacher than there is about any other preacher, than there is about any other wise man in our age. And then all we have to ask ourselves at the end of 2022 is, have we been successful? Has our business grown? Has our family grown? Has our knowledge grown? Have we grown? You see, wisdom in the book of Ecclesiastes is a different thing. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that gives this teacher, this book, this preacher, a most unique, distinct, different than all of the worldly philosophers of our age, voice. This is a teacher that speaks to us now of things eternal, of things divine, of things true with a capital T, of things that lead us in the way of the Lord. And we ought to pause there just for a moment and ask ourselves at the end of 2022, as we reflect on it, as we think about what the year has been, how do we judge it? How do we judge 2022? Is it merely that we've grown, that we've enriched our bank account, that we have accomplished our goals, our desires? Has it been a meaningful, has 2022 for you been a meaningful year? A a year not a waste of time, not a waste of your effort, not, not that you look back on and think it's like the sands of time, there's nothing left. It's all been effaced by the tide of time. Has 2022 contributed something eternal in your life? That's different than is it Has it been a difficult year? Has it been a bountiful year? Has it been a happy year? Has it been a sad year? Has this year helped you grow in the fear of the Lord? Have you become wiser at the end than at the beginning? You have to understand that's not everyone's priority. That's not what everybody judges 2022 by. That's not the standard they look for. Our world daily fills our eyes with empty and meaningless trivialities. We spend more time wasting our time than growing wise in the fear of the Lord. Have we become wise? Have we learned to better live in service to God, to walk 
in the pathways that He has laid out. Has 2022 made us wiser as friends, as spouses, as parents, as employers, employees, as citizens? Has God's place in our lives grown bigger and bigger so that at the end of the year, we can say, I see Him more clearly than at the beginning of the year? That's a big question. How do we answer it? How do we meaningfully answer the question, have we grown wiser this year? Well, I think the author gives us a way. For he says to us, the words of the wise are like goads and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. Now you ought to understand, I suppose, as we approach that statement of our author's that we approach it in the context of a culture of a society that's very different than the one envisioned in those words. Because we live in a world that is full of convenience and ease. I think we all agree. I think we can all appreciate. I think it was the founder of Home Depot this week that said something to the effect that people aren't willing to work hard anymore. And I think there is still a residue of that Dutch Calvinist work ethic within our community so that when we look out at the world and when we bump into our co-workers and to people that, that are not quite as zealous for working hard as we are, we notice it, we see it, and we recognize that there are indeed fewer and fewer people alive today that, that are willing to work hard. But understand that to some degree, we have been lulled into a sense of complacency like the frog in the pot or the lobster in the pot. I suppose frog's better, although lobster's more delicious. So the frog in the pot, you, you, you put him in the pot and then you turn the heat on and he never jumps out. Uh, even though he, he gets cooked, he gets boiled because the water changes in such small degrees that he never really realizes the danger he's in. We live in a culture that has taught us to expect everything on a silver platter. It has taught us that everything should be easy. It has taught us that there should never be any offense. There should never be any strain. There should never be any sweat. There should never be any struggle. Not intellectually, not emotionally, not relationally. If your relationship is hard, you ought to be able to say, what's the point? I'll find a good one. If your work is not satisfying, you should be allowed to go and find some other job that you can do. In every respect, we're told, your happiness is of the greatest significance to all of life. And now we've been asked, have you grown wiser in 2022? And here's the problem with answering that question. In a culture of convenience and ease, wisdom isn't something that you can buy on Amazon and get downloaded to your brain. Wisdom isn't something that just happens without any work or effort. Wisdom doesn't come without pain. The author of Ecclesiastes had to make a search for it. Solomon, you'll remember, had to ask God for it as a gift. James tells us, 
to pray for it earnestly because he knows as we should know wisdom doesn't come naturally we are to work for it and in a world of convenience and ease that may not seem worthwhile to us anything that takes longer than five minutes doesn't seem appealing to us now says the writer to the of the ecclesiastes the words of the wise are like goads a goad i have in my study from Scotland, a lovely shepherd's staff that they use to shepherd sheep. Uh, And when you watch shepherds walking, it's a very large, five, five, half feet tall, this thing. When you see shepherds use it, they use it to great effect. If a sheep is not obedient, out comes that that, um, staff and whacks the side of the sheep. Out comes the, the crook and hooks the sheep by the neck. Those are the goads of which this text speaks. The shepherd who hits you to make you go in the right direction. It's a cattle prod directing us to go in the right way. Now, do you really want to... Those are farmers among us who have used cattle prods. Would you really want to get cattle prodded? None of us do. Not when it's a parents rebuke not when it's a teacher's correction not when it's an employer's demand not when it's a word we hear from the pulpit that cuts us a certain way none of those things are nice we don't like them we don't want them and we get angry with those who so shock us who so harm us who so hit us how dare you we say that's the world in which we live And yet what we ought to see is that those goads get us going in the right way. Unless we're stubborn and unwilling to be corrected, of course. We can be those. We can go in the wrong way out of sheer stubbornness and pride. But but you see, if we understand that it's the shepherd's desire to bring us to green pastures, then his goads, though they may be painful at the time, still serve to bring blessing into our lives. To being blessing and stability. It says, like nails firmly fixed. It's a word that most often refers to tent pegs. Tent pegs that the shepherd would secure into the ground so that even the mighty wind that might blow off the desert, though the rain should fall from the sky, yet his home, his place of living, his place of sleeping, His security and stability would remain safe and secure. But to make sure of that, those ten pegs had to be well driven into the ground. They had to be secured. They need to be repeatedly taught to us. They need to be repeatedly hammered home. We discover that, don't we? Sometimes, you know the story of the 16-year-old boy who says of his father... He's a fool, knows nothing, doesn't understand the ways of the world. And then he turns 26 and says, surprising how much dad learned in the last 10 years. We discover, don't we, that our parents who we once thought were wrong actually knew what they were talking about. 
We discover that their wisdom, we discover that the advice and encouragement of wise teachers and counselors, that in the end what they said was right and true and that if we live by these things, there is a stability and a security that is enjoyed. When we let ourselves, when we embrace the lessons being taught to us, we discover a stability and security that can be find, found nowhere else. And there's good reason for that. For these are the goads, these are the nails that are given by one shepherd. You know that term one shepherd is only used three times in the Old Testament. It's used twice in Ezekiel, once here. And in Ezekiel, it very clearly refers to the shepherd king, to the coming one, the Messiah, the one who calls himself the good shepherd. Indeed, that's how we ought to understand these words, that what the author is saying to us is those goads, those nails, those lessons repeatedly driven in, those painful moments where we had to learn our mistakes, where we had to be corrected and rebuked, those are gifts to us from our loving shepherd. He is the real teacher, the ultimate author, the wisest of all men. Colossians 2 verse 3 says the wisdom of God dwells in him. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 24 says that we proclaim Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God. Jesus is the one shepherd. What a shepherd he is. A shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. A shepherd rather than that the sheep, stubborn as they are, contrary as they are, rather that they should suffer, gives his life that they may escape the judgment. So great a shepherd, so loving a shepherd, cannot be found anywhere else in all the world, in all the world's religions, in all the world's philosophies, in all the teachers, in all of the speakers and wise men of our age. There is none like Jesus who loves so deeply, has blessed so greatly, and who guides so faithfully. 2022, for those who have eyes to see, has been a year of God's leading and guiding in Jesus Christ. Indeed, That's the question that we must answer. Have we learned Christ's leading and guiding in 2022? The question is less, what have we experienced in this past year? And more, what have we learned from it? Has it been difficult for you? Some of us it has been. You have felt the goading The prodding of the Lord. That has been painful. It has been difficult. It has been heavy. It has been hard. Yet know two important truths. Your good shepherd who loves you, having given his life for you, is not seeking to harm you, but to bring you to green pastures. And that his goading has been for your good. Maybe 2022 has been a good year. A new marriage, a new child, a new home, a new job, a new whatever. A success, a, a, an unexpected blessing. Then see how the Good Shepherd's wisdom has provided you a security and a stability and a blessedness 
See if we have been raised in covenant home, if we're in a covenant home. See how the the structure of that home, which is rooted in the Word of God, blesses us. It doesn't come to us because of our righteousness, but because of His faithfulness. See how God has blessed you in 2022. Either in the good things or in the bad things, see that He is leading and guiding you to a better place. And so, draw closer to Him. Closer to your Savior by by giving your life more fully and gratefully to Him. That's what the blessing of this past year must be. It must be a sense of wonder and of goodness and of joy in the Lord. That in the end of the year, we have grown in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That we have become more passionate. That we have become more excited. That we have become more devoted to Jesus Christ because of His ministry in our lives. Not everybody says that. Too often, we hear people blame others for their spiritual apathy for their frustrations, for their discouragements. But if we've been given eyes to see, then let us rejoice to know that the shepherd, the good shepherd, is ministering to us and is leading us home. 2022 brought us closer to His eternal blessedness and has brought us into His fellowship more keenly and powerfully by His grace. There are many things you understand that happened in 2022. Many perspectives that will be shared about the year that's been and about the year that will be. But has learning wisdom. The wisdom that submits to the shepherd of our souls has growing in wisdom been what we can say of 2022. If, if, not thank, or if we can, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for His grace in your life. But if not, if not, then repent. At the end of the year, say, Lord, help me to use the coming year to grow in wisdom and in favor with God and with men. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we thank You for Your wisdom and that it's given to us so very clearly and On the pages of Scripture, in the person and work of Jesus Christ, we are able to follow it. Lord, we pray that you would help us to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Help us to understand more deeply his love for us. Help us to live more fully in all that we do and say. Bless our celebrations tonight, Lord. May they reflect the wisdom that we have garnered from this past year. May they encourage, may we be encouraged by your faithfulness and your joy and bring us tomorrow to worship you on the Lord's day, for the praise of your most holy name. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.